Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 122. And we are having kind of a blast from the past here today. Right in front of us is the book Type R, Transformative Resilience by Anna and Stephanie Marston. And this was uh, what we used back when we were very first starting our podcast. Wow. Um, when we knew what we were talking about but didn't really know what we were doing. And so now we kind of know a little bit better what we're doing. And we discovered this, like I've said before, sometimes we read something and it's like, wow, this is great. Let's start talking about it. And the thing that really grabbed me, not only the content, but the fact that this was written in 2018, uh, before the pandemic yeah, hit. Yeah. And how much of this really applied to how to get through that time. They were prescient. They were foresighted about that. Absolutely. You know, I, I read it and I go, you know, they, they encapsulated the kind of a outlook we have on life, how we approach things. Uh, they wrote it, I wish I could have written it this concisely and this well. Um, and we write pretty good, but this was beautiful. And reading it was like an affirmation of yeah. what we know is the way to go. We know not all people do it. Yeah. We know that people get themselves in trouble when they run up against conflicts and adversity. Mm-hmm. And my God, since this book is written, we've been on, in mass adversity, and some have uh, responded well and, and gotten a fresh start in life, and many didn't. No. And they reverted, they just could not deal with the adversity. They wanted to bounce back into the old ways. Try to find a way to get back to what was comfortable and familiar. And as the Marstons say, and as Bernstein says, <laughs> you can't do it that way. It doesn't work anymore. It doesn't happen. And it may feel safe and familiar, but it's not updated to what thing, where things are today. No. Um, I think one of the things that we want to do is show you how our emphasis now is to help caregivers of all kinds, nurses, doctors, care, home caregivers, family members, um, you name it, us, <laughs> um, who are in the front lines. And we would deal with adversity every day, many hours of the day, for me, many years. And it's interesting how you can either keep going and find a, re- a strength in you and a resilience that would ne- you'd never find it if it, you didn't have to go through these things. Right. And um, here the Marstons are writing about the same thing. There are those folks that um, have the grit, not necessarily just intelligence, but the grit to hang in there and really move forward. And they don't see adversity as a possibility of catastrophe. They see it as a challenge. They see it as a possibility of some, something better coming about. It's a hope, and they make it very clear that this is associated with hopefulness. Because when adversity comes, it still has the same effect on anybody. I mean, there's emotions that are stirred up, situations can be chaotic for a while and and, and upheaval, for sure. And if we've ever seen that on a mass level, it's the last two years. It is. It's been a time of tremendous change and upheaval. And their point is that change can come into your life uh, either through a choice that you made or through no choice at all and uh, hanging on isn't going to work and um, I'm, gosh I lost my train of moving thought. Moving forward. Moving forward and um, finding a way to do that is the way to go. And the, the interesting thing that we're seeing is it's both what we've seen people who 
go into paralysis. Mm -hmm. They start, they go into overthinking, they call it rumination, because they feel so out of control. And they, they feel so inept and, and unprepared and not capable that they use their thinking in ways that instead of leading to action, lead to paralysis. And in fact, research has shown they go into a very deep, deep, deep spiral sp downward. To depression. We have seen this happen many times, particularly since the last two years. That was what I meant to say and couldn't remember. It was You couldn't remember. The, just I'm a the older ago. one. I'm the older uh Oh, I'm having a moment. Um, what I meant to meant bring up was just what you said was control. Because as a caregiver, as a first responder, you're thrust into situations where you have so little control over what's going to happen. And that is hard. Uh, you know, uh, yes. And the beauty of how this applies to caregiving, we're thrust into situations that are changing all the time and the implications are serious. We deal with death and dying and serious illness all the time. And let me just add that you said we're thrust into them, but actually we really do take them on, right? Yes. We actively, this is one of the things they talked about is active engagement. Active Instead of avoidance or denial or any number of ways that you can kind of find to not take hold of what's happening. And that has been, I'd say over the last two years, particularly for me, um, a hard one to relate to because we are engagers. We're the people that are the, the people that move forward and lead. Um, we have seen many the opposite though, where they look at a situation and so intense emotionally, uh, the, and the implications of it are very serious. For yeah, sure. they can be. And instead of being moving to action, seeing it as a challenge and real and 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 taking it on, they disappear. They run away. Mm -hmm. And I've seen too, I've seen a lot of that. And I think in some of our earlier podcasts, we had guests on, and they handled that better than I do. I was not the most empathetic person to people who do that. And I have it in my own family. I've seen it in many other families. And I look at it, and I'm in disbelief. How can you do that? But what I see is they feel so inept mm -hmm. and so unprepared and so frightened. Really, they, they are faced with a situation that they don't feel that they have the skills or the um, abilities to handle. And instead of being able to somehow see this as a positive challenge, all it seems like is a threat. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they call it in the book, catastrophize. They always anticipate terrible things happening and a catastrophe. Yeah. We see it as a challenge to be met. We see it as a challenge to step up and get more creative. And let's be honest, it's a, it, for their model and the one that we live through, um, you do grow and you improve and you never would have unless you met this challenge and the adversity. It seems to move you from what you were comfortable with or accustomed to to have to move very quickly or very actively after you evaluate a situation and it, it poses new abilities, new that you never would have found in yourself, you never would have learned them, um, you never would have applied yourself unless you were challenged by the adversity. We live it. Mm -hmm. I live it. Mm -hmm. for, and that would, That's what makes me who I am. Now I'm not saying that I'm the most well-developed human being in the world. I am saying this, I've seen a lot of adversity. And it hasn't gotten easier. My, my beloved wife passed away seven months ago. 
um, my life hasn't gotten easier and yet out of that it's interesting people ask me well, what have you learned because they know how much I love my wife and how close we were for 47 years and I said a deeper sense of gratitude and appreciation than I ever had before for the little things that gives me hope when I'm facing things I may not be able to think that way at the time because I have to act quickly to help and get involved but I know in the long run I'm going to benefit. Something good is going to come out of it. It's not just in my head. I don't ruminate. Um, I may evaluate, and I do, but as far I'm an action person, so I don't sit there and just overanalyze and ruminate in my head and and try to make up. Uh, <laughs> forgive me, a psychologist speaking, psychological introspective awarenesses. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that's a very weak spot in the world of psychotherapy because they sometimes really reinforce it in the raw, at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. I find it as a way, particularly when people are, are married to ruminating, in action, mm -hmm. ways of avoiding. Way of avoiding. And so the people just get in deeper, deeper depressions and they go downward. They're also not very good caregivers either, by That's, the way. That has a lot to do with why we now do coaching and mentoring. Because now you have been active, engaging, take-it-on person for most of your life. For some people, it's new or it's hard. And that's where coaching and mentoring can have such an effect because it is something you learn through doing it. You learn that you can handle things by actually getting through and handling things. Absolutely. And sometimes you need someone to help kind of lead the way for you. I, don't, I think that absolutely is fine. Um, that's why when we design caregiving, we design teams and each person brings their own strengths to it and we work together and we help each other. I know not most caregiving is done like that. We, that's our design that we believe is the best. Hospice locally is called an exquisite design. Not that we were looking for exquisite anything. We were surviving very difficult situations. But it did, when I look around now, I know it was, mm -hmm. and I know it is. Mm -hmm. So we're learning that all of these things are very important, but to deep, deep down, to realize that we are going, the world is changing, our lives are changing, nothing is static. And I think that was a myth that has been put into place for a long time. Or if not static, it would be predictable. Predictable and controllable and manageable with a beginning, middle, and end. These particular stages that you went through in life. Let me tell you, that theory is absolutely nonsense. And it doesn't, it's not realistic. And um, I've had too many people, you know, reach the point of retirement where they have plenty of money and they are miserably unhappy and unfulfilled without any sense of purpose. And it's deadly. That's mm -hmm. the other thing we found. Mm -hmm. So they live the myth, and all of a sudden, in the last two years, these big companies go under, or they close these, they close their, whatever uh, businesses. And these people, after many years, have all the financial security in the world, and they don't know what to do with themselves because they have been misled. They believed in the myth. The truth is, things are. They're not static. They're very changeable and, and tumultuous. Now I can speak to everyone, because we all know this is true. We've seen dramatic upheavals in the last two years that no one could have predicted. Many and, changes. And many, many, changes. many changes. And they were based on adversity and tragedies. Stressful you know, situations, losses, 
painful losses. Very much so. Very much so. So what we're really looking at is teaching people how to cope better. Taking things that we've learned, not just from ourselves, but working with other caregivers. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are really good at it, that don't burn out, what is it that they do differently? Yes. Um, we've been called in as consultants for many situations where the caregivers are done, they're burned out, they're angry, they don't want to do it anymore. We're called in to evaluate and fi fi fix it quickly. Well, you know, we've also studied the people that really are so good at this, so creative, you got to ask yourself, what's different about them? How do they look at things? I think it's along the lines of what the Marsons talk about and what we do. Mm -hmm. They, they hit hard times. We've seen the emotions of it. Mm -hmm. um, Jenny's the head of a team and she's been, she didn't do anything wrong, but she's, these people get tired and she's been. Well, oh, I had to learn how to be a leader. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still learning how, of course I'm still learning. You know how she does it? She calls me to get in here really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Come show me. Yeah, how. no, but they're good people. This is not like the bad ones. We get tired. Yeah. And the work is is very, very difficult and challenging. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the good ones that hang in there. So they get emotionally tired and exhausted. We all really do. Depleted. Yeah. yeah. But these aren't the ones that burn out. These are the ones that seem to find an inner strength mm -hmm. to continue moving forward. Mm -hmm. Pulling themselves together. A commitment to that. Yes. I think of the one one of our favorite caregivers. Yes. And she was tired. She and was she, a sweetheart. She got she mad was having a hard time. And I was having a hard time. Yeah, so she had a didn't, hard time. Didn't with add that. up well. No, so. well, she learned, and so did the other lady. And one of the things that was happening there that they talk about in here that we haven't mentioned yet it was that. is, and we talk about this all the time, is how important it is to not react, but to respond. And she was having a day where she was feeling very reactive, and I ended up <laughs> reacting to her, and it was a mess. So. Responding. Yes, so Jenny learned a lot, and so did Beretha. She yes. was, and yes. she's one of our absolute favorite profession. She's wonderful. Yep. She's tired. She was, you know, overloaded. We all get that way. Yeah. So, Peter was called in to um, find out. How it worked out fine because these two love. They love each other. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. that, but it was both of them were tired. And so, the, I read in this book, and it was very interesting. Something called mental hygiene, and I'll bet you you don't know where that came from that psychological labeling. It came from the Dalai Lama. Yes, a smart and, man. Absolutely, and mm -hmm. it's brilliant. And he talks about, yes, we all go through adversity and difficulty in life, and it continues. And it is gonna stir emotions of anger and- Negative and emotions. Negativity. And Fear. Intensity. Fear and anger and um, just all of those oh. things that can just throw you off completely. And grief and, and sadness and everything. Mm -hmm. And the, But the, here's the key. Not to let it interfere with good judgment and action. And he, the Dalai Lama had something right. It's learning how to put them aside, not deny them. But to not let it interfere with what's needed in the meeting, right in front of you and what you've got to do. The situations are changeable and difficult. And that's what being reactive is, is letting negative emotions run your choices. And then you got trouble, and so do the people you're trying to help. Um, we've seen many caregivers reach that point, and they're, they do damage, either to themselves or to others, um, in many different ways. Uh, they don't want to work anymore, and they used to love it. So we've seen this, but we also know that he wasn't talking about 
just negate that and it doesn't exist. He's saying, of course you have to take the time mm -hmm. to deal with grief and loss and pain. And, and we are human. And you're human. Mm -hmm. But he's, it's almost like instead of being reactive, it's almost learning to be responsive and clear in your mind about one thing. You'll deal with it later. You have to evaluate the situation in the present, not ruminate over it. Evaluate it and then take a forward action, an appropriate forward action. Mm -hmm. And then when you get a chance later, and we've always talked about this, you do need to deal with those emotions. They're real. And if you don't, the accumulation will cause an overload and eventual burnout. So we know that. We deal with it all the time um, in ourselves and certainly with, with others. But we're, we do it all the time. Teaching people who have never done this before is, can be tricky. Um, anyway. I wanted to add one more thing to that and that came out of this and when you were talking about action. And this was interesting to me because they point out, and I think it's true, that sometimes when you're in a very difficult situation, certain opportunities aren't going to come up until you're actually yes. in motion. If you are waiting to see what to do, sometimes what you can do is not going to get clear until you start Absol acting. Absolutely. And we're, we're, we're big proponents of that. We always have been. And it's hard to explain why other than that if you do it, it just it makes sense. You know what that's like. Yes. And the other thing is we've been up against enough people that don't do it. Yeah. And they just... They're frozen. Frozen. So they don't grow. Yeah. In fact, they go into that downward spiral. Yeah. So um, it's very important. And, you know, even in a spiritual sense, it's always says you got to take the first steps. You know, God's not going to take you by the hand. And, and you've got to take those first steps of, of trust and hope and faith somehow to get ahead. Now, this is not a religious book. No. But they talk about hope. And they say, in a very real sense, they say it comes through action. Mm -hmm. And um, knowing that good things are going to come out of it, somehow creative things that you never would have seen or done if you don't move ahead. So it's an action type, well thought out, um, very clear about where the emotion belongs and where it doesn't belong. And it makes you so much more effective for the people you're trying to help and to keep yourself more and more resilient. Now, when they say resilient, I do want to say this. They said, they said something that I think sticks in my mind, and that is a lot of people think resilient means, well, I can keep going, and then I'll be able to fall back into my old coping mechanisms that really worked. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Mm -mm. That is not it at all. In fact, that's not, a good, that's not going to work anymore. That's a very hard thing for folks to, to deal with that time of discomfort of knowing they can't go back they're, they're dealing with things that are very challenging, very difficult, very upsetting, um, very frightening at times, yet they can't go back to the old coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So they have to hang in there as the new stuff, the new ways of coping and responding begin to develop. It's a, it's a marvelous thing to, to experience and to watch others do, I'll tell you that. So and this can, is in the face of adversity. Yeah, so we're just about out of time. Hey, Again, I got a lot more to say. I know, and we will come back to it. But for today, how would you like to just, what would you want to leave people with as being just the really the, the main thing you'd like them to take away today about this? Okay. The world's changing all the time. 
that fantasy was stability and, and uh, some kind of balance. It's not it. It's an ever-changing world more today than we've ever seen before on such a massive level. Don't look at change as something terrifying and a possible catastrophe. Look at it as uh, something that is a challenge that is going to lead you to new, new heights of, of, of growth and development and creativity and an ability to be more compassionate, more empathetic to the people you're trying to help and your fellow man and yourself. It's an astounding experience. Does it involve emotions? Of course. Can they be very intense? Well, take it from me. Losing my wife, and I know intense trauma, I have never gone through anything as painful. And yet, out of it, I see new possibilities. And I can't say I know what they all are, but I know my work is changing. I know many things are changing that I never thought I had the capability of being. One of them is being alone. And I haven't been alone for a long time, 47 years. And you know what I find? I'm capable. And I can do just fine now, for now. But I'm, I'm learning all the time. So I look at these things as a challenge. And I want you to see it that way too. And for you caregivers out there, your nurses that are exhausted, for your doctors, for your frontline workers, your, your, the paramedics, the firefighters, the police, Try to put this into action in the world that you're in. Don't, don't give up. Hang in there. Know there is hope. And um, we're going to be here. And we're going to offer these things for a long time. And I think we do know what we're talking about. And we're very human as well. We're not, we're not going to laud it over anybody. This work keeps you very humble. But I want to offer you our hope and our, our, our good energy and um, let you know that you're not alone and to hang in there. We're all going to get through these things. In fact, we're going to improve through them. Yep, and we'll be right. here. And take care. I've got plenty more to say. Yep. All right. Take care. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is sponsored by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 that relies on donations to carry on their good work and to keep us on the air. We are the Survivor's Guide to Life.com. Our podcast and video broadcast are on all the outlets, including our own YouTube channel. Please like and share us on Facebook and Instagram. Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Thank you for joining us. All our best. <laughs>